Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball, basketball, football, NASCAR, plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling the Conversation Station or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devin, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, and Bill Sparks. Well, hello and good evening. I hope everybody is well. We're here for another busy, busy show. Draft, draft, draft. That's all I'm going to say. Let me turn it over to Chris. I'm Bill Sparks. Okay. Well, welcome, everybody, to show number 90. This is uh, April 26, 2020, and uh, we are talking about what sports there were this week, which, uh, as you said, draft, draft, draft. we got a lot of NFL news. Then we have our traditional uh, odd you know, odds and ends, uh, talking about the speculations, talking about some news that did occur, um, you know, some hirings and firings and leavings and potential signing. Then we do have uh, have deaths again, and we've got about, I think it's nine people that we need to go through, including Bobby Winkles, who we knew about last week. We didn't have the information yet, but now we do. So we'll be talking about him and others who, some prominent, some not so prominent, but, uh, you know, they're, they're no longer with us, and they did uh, impact the world of sport. And then we have um, our This Day in History that Sean and I have. I have some events that Sean doesn't, and uh, with some, some things, and, uh, you know, different Stanley Cups, different championships, things of that sort. And, uh, you know, he's got stuff, and I've got stuff. So we will uh, bounce back and forth with those. And those are interesting because you get into some topics, uh, you know, brings a little nostalgia to it. And uh, this is uh, sort of like uh, NBA championship time, so we get a lot of that. Starting uh, not so much in the next show, maybe a little bit, but we'll start to have Kentucky Derby stuff in a week or two. We'll have a lot of Kentucky Derby. Uh, uh, probably uh, next week. Or yeah, next we'll know week. the week after. Yeah, well, May 1st yeah, be the first one. May 1st. We might get a little bit, bit on May 1st. But yeah. we've the problem is the show that Sean listens to, they're not on Saturday and Sunday. So when we hit the yeah, May he, 2nd and May 3rd, I get that, well, they run it four, They run this instead of Longhorn Reports. They run it today in sports history four times a day. And okay. so instead of, so I try to catch it on those times, but they don't run them on the weekend. So That's he can saying. record them for the That's weekend. If, if he's listening... You can record yes, them for the weekend. That's right. That would be great because we, we have these gaps, and I have to come up with these Celtics championships, which I can do, but then it's not as much Texas as he, as he might like. He likes the Texas yeah, he, stuff, you know? Yeah, he could, so, he could encourage the program director to put them in on weekends. That's so right. We they, 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 you know, they say these things never sleep. You know, money never sleeps is the adage in business, and time never sleeps. And we have, we have a show to do on Sunday, and it's good to well, have Well, and, and besides, he could call in and contribute if he wanted to. So. Well, yeah, yeah, he, well no. yeah, he could. Yeah, he could. He could, could, but we, ask, we anybody, might get into a non- ask can anybody else, can't they, Sean? They can. First, I want to say, though, that was Robert. The, the voice you heard there was ringside Robert, Robert uh, Herrick, and he is here with us, me, Sean Perry, and here's Sean with all our information. Yes, as as Perry and Robert said, no matter how famous you are, infamous you are, uh, <laughs> we'll take you know, even, if you're, just a nobody, even yeah. if you're a nobody like the four of us, you know, uh, right. Hey, right. You, you can call in by downloading the Zoom app or enter 646-876-9923, enter the code 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice if you're on the phone, 
It'll put you in the waiting room, and as soon as we see, we will let you in. Star 9 raises your hand, ask a question. Alt-Y on the computer, the more key on your smartphone. If you want to leave a message throughout the week, 800-693-0595. Option number two, uh, specify for Sports 9 Live. Hey, first message, uh, I don't know what we're going to give you. Maybe that award that's been trying to be given away on uh, that award-winning thing for Thursday night. I don't know. We'll give you that. Yeah, we'll give you something. Give you you our heartfelt uh, thanks. That's what we'll give you. That yeah. But anyway, those are good. Those are some things. But we had some live sports this week. We did. We had the NFL draft. I have here, and you guys can help me. And any background you guys want to throw in, I know we've got an Iowa pick in here. So uh, any background anybody wants to throw in on these guys or well, or what well, they think of the draft pick, we got the top fifteen here, and we ended up at fifteen for a reason. And you'll see why later. We we talked about it the other day, and just the name had to get in here. We wanted to know where this person yes. was going to go, and we had to do it because uh, it involves a couple of our listeners. So we'll we'll uh, mention <laughs> it. Now, they were not drafted, by the way. They're a little overage for that. But yeah, we, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't anyway. it be interesting to actually see them playing football. They would. <laughs> yes, they would. Yeah. All right. Well, the number one pick, and nobody was surprised by this, the number one pick by the Cincinnati Bengals was Joe Burrow, a quarterback from LSU, uh, started out, of course, in Ohio State. He's from Ohio, from, I guess, across, he's southern, southeast Ohio. Of course, yeah. Cincinnati's in the southwest, so he's across the state. But he sounds like he's really, when I heard him talking on the NFL radio, he sounded pretty psyched to be going to the Bengals. He did. By the way, that... in case you didn't know, Chris, um, he has raised a lot of money. Uh, I guess he made a... a reference to it in his Heisman speech. He has raised a lot of money for his local food bank in Ohio. So uh great. You know, good. Yes, great. We, we always like to find good things that people do and he has raised yeah. a lot of money for his food bank. Mm-hmm. And if you guys needed any proof of what the top conference was in college football, forty players from that conference got drafted this weekend. Yes. Right. And that was the SEC. And yeah. we had a lot and a of large them number from LSU here. got drafted. The number yeah, two pick one. 14 from LSU alone. Yeah. Uh, the number two pick went to Washington. It was Chase Young, a defensive end from Ohio State. I guess and, they're they're relatively happy with their quarterback situation, so they decided, you know, of course, there were some uh, blue-chip quarterbacks available, but they decided they needed, and they do need shoring up on the defense. That's true. So they yeah. need a lot of and help. And he's but, from Maryland, right there in the suburban D.C. area. So he's another and, hometown kid. And Ron okay. Rivera, Ron Rivera, the new Redskins coach, is a, a very defensive-oriented coach. So yes. okay, number three with Detroit. Again, they they're happy with their uh, quarterback situation. There was some speculation that people might move up into that spot, but they kept it and they uh, uh, drafted a guy named Jeff Okuda, a defensive back from Ohio State. Again, Ohio State coming in, and mm-hmm. uh, people people liked him. I heard. You know, I was listening to the guys on NFL radio. That's where I got my coverage from. And, oh, they, uh, they, were they very do a wonderful job every year for those that don't get yeah. to hear those guys. So I didn't try really hear as much as Roger Goodell as other people did because they would just go to him for the picks. And other than that, they were just talking about everything that was going right. on. But other people maybe well, heard more. that's pretty more. much what everybody did on their coverage. That, that's that's right. The number four pick for the New York Giants was Andrew Thomas. He's an offensive tackle from Georgia. So uh, they need to, you know, they again had a, a good year with their quarterback, uh, you know, Jones. So they're happy with him, so they want to give him some protection. So that's that's always a good thing. Number five is Tua Tungabayaloa. I think I got it right this time. By the way, he did better than Goodell did. Yeah, Goodell really messed that up when he had to announce that, by the way. And, of course, he's the quarterback from Alabama. And this is is a pick that's, you know, and, of course, he went to Miami. And this is a pick 
Now, they're going to have Fitzpatrick, so they'll have him to fall back on and they let this guy work in. But there always seems to be lately a tendency to throw the guy to the wolves right away. But this guy, is he going to be Carson Wentz? Is he going to have, you know, Sam Bradford? Is he going to have injuries all through his career? Or is this just a one or two time thing and he'll be okay? I, remember, I think, Chris, that's what we're going to find out. We're going to find yeah, out if he's, what he's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, and last year, remember, or at the beginning of the football season, the whole thing was Miami was tanking for Tua, and that's then Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick because, started winning. They got a few wins, but the whole thing they were going to tank because this is before they were saying, "Hey, we want Tua," so they didn't have to tank for him. And Fitzmagic got some wins, and yeah, got yeah. Um, well, and remember, this is before Tua suffered that major injury. They yes, everybody everybody before, thought yeah. he was going to be the number one choice this year, but well, the Miami yeah. thing, and listening to a lot of Miami games because, of course, they're in the Patriots division and, and you had, had the two games they played. Hey, I mean, they won that last game. That, that uh, gave uh, Kansas City the bye, you know, and all right. that. So, yeah. you know, that they, they sure weren't tanking in that day, and uh, they really got out of that mindset. Uh, he, got them, he got them playing, and uh, they really played hard. Uh, for the first part of the year, maybe, but the, for the second half, they definitely played hard. The sixth pick was by the Chargers, and it was uh, Justin Herbert, a quarterback from Oregon. And people had a lot of nice things to say about him. There's a Pac-10 guy yes. for you. And uh, they he thought he was a really good into the mix. Yeah, and, and, and it'll be him and Tyrod Taylor in camp competing right. for and that I think, starting job. I think Herbert should get it again because Taylor's kind of a retread. I mean, yeah, he's had his moments a few times in Buffalo. He couldn't do anything when he was handed the keys with the Browns a couple of years ago. So I don't know, but uh, I think Herbert's got a good chance to make it out there. And I, you know, if you want to build, it's fine to go get Brady and all that other stuff. But this is the kind of guy, if he starts to play well, they can maybe actually get some fans there. And depending on uh, what else is going on in that area, of course, right. everything's up in the air with the virus and the mayor saying there'll be no yep. crowds and all that. But again, it's too early to tell about any of that stuff. Number seven is Derek Brown, defensive tackle for the Carolina Panthers and uh, from the Auburn Tigers. And they made some history. All seven of their draft picks were all defense, and that's the first time in NFL history that an entire draft by one NFL team was all on one side of the ball. Wow. Okay. Number eight for Arizona was Isaiah Simmons, a linebacker from Clemson. And, again, a defensive. They're they're fairly happy with their quarterback situation, I think, now. Yep. Uh, the, yep. the number nine pick, uh, let's see, I've got them out of order, so i got to do this. It's Jacksonville, C.J. Henderson, defensive back from Florida. And, so, yeah, uh, he stays relatively close to home. Yeah, so. the Cleveland, on the, yeah, yeah. Cleveland on the 10th pick took Jedrick uh, Wills, an offensive tackle from Alabama. People thought that was a very no good protect, pick. No yep. for Baker. Mm-hmm. They, were, they, were talk, they were talking about um, on there that when the Giants – they said, well, they maybe should have taken Wills. They, they were happy enough with who they took at four, but this this was the next offensive lineman that people expected to be taken. So I guess those were the top two. And they right. weren't un, unhappy with the Giants, but they said right. that's the guy they kind of thought about. Uh, number 11 for the Jets, we have Makai Becton, offensive lineman from Louisville. And he, at one point, apparently, he failed some kind of a drug test. When was that? Uh, that was during the combine. Chris. Yeah, it was during yes. the combine. He admitted that it was his, that it was a mistake and and all that. So and by the I, way, he comes in at six foot seven, three hundred and sixty five pounds. So okay. Well, they used to have an offensive lineman named Sherman Plunkett, and that's what it reminds me of the, the yep. guy like that mm-hmm. uh, back in those days. Probably would not nowadays that'd probably be average, but that was uh, quite a big guy in the AFL, and uh, so this is a, a tradition for the Jets to have those big guys. Number twelve. For uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, Robert, we have Henry Ruggs, 
a wide receiver from Alabama. And um, what else is new? The Raiders always seem to take a wide receiver first. I don't know. It doesn't matter uh, well, what they need. Uh, they just do it. Chris, we need, we need wide receiver help because the Antonio Brown thing failed last year and, and receiver was one of our weak spots. But I was hoping that we would take one of the other two guys because uh, all I know about Ruggs is, is he's a fast uh, you know, he's the fastest wide receiver in the draft, but apparently the other two that we'll mention here in a minute were a lot better at catching the ball and, and being yeah, better I'd have gone receivers. With, I'd have gone with their, I'd have, I'd have gone with the one who's who we're referencing. Uh, we're going to go into the Denver in a few one. minutes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Thirteenth pick as we head towards that pick. I'm now all, all everyone there with bated breath. Thirteen Tampa Bay. Picked and uh, Terry uh, Perry can talk about this guy Tristan Werfers I think his name offensive Werfs. tackle from Iowa Tristan Werfs Werfs, Werfs. okay and, uh, he is a very good lineman um, interesting story came out though after Bass and this will give us a chance too to do a quick shout out um, his <laughs> mother has worked at Target for over thirty years. And, you know, those are some of the people, too. We always talk about how we love the medical workers. We appreciate all they do, and we do. Yep, but, yep. you know, those people, the Targets, the Walmarts, the, the grocery yeah. stores and all, we need to send yeah. a shout-out to them, too, because they do hard work during this time, I, too. So shout-out shout out to them. They're, they're I will definitely support too. those Walmart workers. Oh, you, I, you, I, you, I, you need I, to do that. that. I have a yes. sister-in-law who works at a store called Ocean State Job Lots, and it's, uh, they sell all kinds of – they've been open through because they sell a lot of paper products and different – other things are a little like a, a DJ's, not as not as big, but that kind of stuff. You can get bulk, and so it's, she's it's, working every it's day. It's interesting so, though yeah. that they were saying that you know he was going to try to help his mom where she wouldn't have to, you know, do that so much. But his mom said she enjoys it. That's what she's used to doing, and she loves it. So all right, well, you know, but he he is a very he is a very good lineman. I think the Buccaneers. I think Tom Brady will be very happy with that pick. And by, and by the way, Tampa Bay moved up in the draft to get him. He by did. The way. They, they did. Swap with San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. And San Francisco's pick was uh, Javon uh, Kinlaw, a defensive tackle from South Carolina, another SEC yeah. player. And, of course, and the, four, the 49ers made news uh, later on in the draft, too. So. Yeah, we got and we'll we get to, and we'll get to that. About them. Yeah. Yep. And then the 15th pick, the one we've been talking about, Denver Broncos, took Jerry Judy. Well, we know about Jerry and Judy on this uh, station. Yep. Uh, we have uh, anniversary festivals for them and birthday festivals and everything else for the legend. Yep. And all kinds of music and, you know, Ray <laughs> Peterson music and everything else. Well, anyway, he's a wide receiver from Alabama. And are you saying that you think, uh, Robert, that, that you would have rather had the Raiders get Jerry Judy than the Ruggs? Uh, I, I, if, if, <laughs> if I would have been making the pick, I would have taken Jerry Judy from Alabama or C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. Yeah, and, yes, I, those are the two. C.D. Lamb and, I would have taken and, one of those two. I agree. And by, and by the way, as far as I'm concerned, it pains me to say this, but the Dallas Cowboys got the steal of the draft. Because, I think they did. Because C.D. Lamb was sitting there at number 17, and uh, you know, Jerry, he can't pass anything up because had Dallas not well, selected him, I wonder how much further he would have fallen. Because well, right my, yeah, and Mike McCarthy, that's a Mike McCarthy influence. Mike yeah. McCarthy's already showing that his his influence. Okay, now, there was Jerry, a couple Jerry, of other things that happened in the draft. We've got some other NFL news, but before we leave the draft, uh, there was a, a couple controversial picks, and I yes, uh, there Jalen were. Hurts, Jalen Hurts being picked by the Eagles. I think uh, kind of uh, people well, are wondering about that. What that tells you, Chris, from what they were saying on on that I, on the coverage that I was listening to is that the Eagles wanted to get somebody very competent who can back up 
Carson Wentz should he become injured again. And right. I mean, let's be honest, Carson Wentz has not proven that he can play a full injury-free season yet. And 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 Jalen Hurts, I mean, say what you want. He's a competent quarterback. And right. uh, let's yes. face it, with Jalen Hurts, every time he was put in the game at Alabama, uh, put in the game at Alabama, he won. And of course, look at what he did last year at Oklahoma. So, right. yes. uh, I think the Eagles—that's an insurance policy. The one that's going to raise everybody's questions is number twenty-six in the first round when the Green Bay Packers selected right. Jordan Love, the QB, uh, to to he's from, uh, he's he from was, Utah State uh, from Utah that State. Is, yeah. Uh, He's the same, and Aaron Rodgers is the same age as Brett Favre was when they drafted him, so they're already talking. Now, the Packers issued a statement saying Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback for the future, and he is going to be a good mentor to Jordan Love, which means they're already grooming they're already grooming him to maybe do another Brett well, Favre. Well, and remember, the like they were saying the other night on NFL radio, this guy, A, I don't think they totally understood why they did it, but this guy is a project. He, This guy would not play this year, probably not next year. No. So this guy is a project, even if he does play. But yeah. is, is this Green Bay's way of saying, okay, Aaron, you're not you're not going to be here very much longer? Well, you know? no, I think they're thinking, you know, we're giving Aaron a few years to work with this guy because he is a project. That's what I think they're doing. They're giving him two or three years, and then they'll say, you know what, in two or three years you're getting older. We can trade you, get some value for you. Or because we can because remember, with, remember when, this happened to Aaron, when this happened to Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, uh, Rodgers came in in 2005 – by the uh, by, two thousand nine, Brett Favre had already moved on to the Jets. Well, and, that's fine. And, Three years and, or so, that's okay. You know, the question the people had that I heard, maybe this was a year too early to get a guy like this. Maybe they needed to wait because of the way the contracts ran, and I don't remember all the details. That maybe what they needed to do was wait till next year's draft to get one of these guys. Well, yeah, but, because, yeah, because the, uh, the way contract they, would run out maybe before Rodgers, and you know, but the way they also look at it, if Jordan Love is not groomed and ready, they still have Aaron Rodgers and say, look, okay, you tried, we're keeping him as a backup, but he's not quite ready to step in that role. So, you know, it's a way that they can find out. The other yeah. thing, too, is, and, you know, there's always personalities, and, of course, I, we don't know these people. We, you know, no. is Aaron Rodgers the kind of guy that's going to want to mentor somebody or bring them along? Some people say, hey, you're not taking my job. I'm not helping you at well, all. Well, uh, Chris, I, because he grew up around my local area, uh, he's not known as a very nice person around here. Uh, he doesn't deal with the public very well. Um, he only does he only does media availabilities when he has to. Uh, I get the feeling that this this is not going to go well in Green Bay. Yeah. I mean, you look back at Drew Brees and Philip Rivers, and you knew it was coming, and everybody knew that when they drafted Philip Rivers, he was going to take over and Brees was going to move on. But it sounded like everybody was peaceful about it out there, that they kind of all right. accepted yeah. Brees, Brees yeah. knew, uh, Rivers knew, Rivers was cool for to wait, Brees was cool to play a couple more years, and then he moved on to the Saints and, of course, has had a wonderful career and was doing fine with the Chargers at that. Guy played Montana there another 10 years. You know? Montana yeah. and Young, same thing. That's yeah. right. So we, it can be done. We do yeah. have a hand, but let's give you a couple more highlights here, and then we'll get to our, our raised hand here. Okay. Uh, the San Francisco Giants did uh, – or the 49ers, I should say. Not the Giants. That's another sport we'll get to later. Uh, we'll the 49ers, they did acquire Trent Williams from right. the um, 
Washington Redskins, Redskins yes. and at the mm-hmm. same time apparently Joe Staley is retiring Correct. so that's how they made that happen and then that's we an have offensive lineman uh, Williams yeah. yes. they, they slide right in there and yep. then we have a uh, case in New Orleans today we're going to tell you what we do know and then we'll tell you what we've heard a they have signed Taysom Hill we all remember him from the playoffs this year to a two-year deal and it's got 21 million 16 of that guaranteed and at the same time, they have they are close to signing Jameis Winston to either a one or two year deal. We've 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 seen both, both. so we'll see what happens. But that would tell you that that they kind of like the three quarterback system that they had last year with Bridgewater, Breeze, and Taysom Hill. So and as, but, and as I told our friend in the two two five earlier, remember rosters are being ex- expanded this year, right? Um, the the practice squad's going to be bigger. The roster's going to be bigger. So, uh, you know, you might see one of the quarterbacks on the, because they drafted a quarterback also. Well, this see, league, this league, I'm telling you, is all about the NFC South this year. It's yeah. all about Brady. You still got Ryan. You still got Bridgewater. You got this whole the Troika here in New Orleans. Yeah. This is going to be really fascinating to watch that division unfold. And because the other thing that happened, we got to go back and remember that Rob Gronkowski went to Tampa Bay. Yep. That happened this yes, week. You know, if it wasn't for the NFC South, there the wouldn't be any offseason news. It's basically <laughs> yes. the NFC South doing everything. Yeah. Uh, so he, he went to Tampa Bay. Uh, he's got a $10 million contract that he is uh, going to be working on for one year. And mm-hmm. the Patriots got a, a fourth. Uh, round choice, and I think they sent a seven to Tampa That's Bay correct. for next year. Yes. Oh, and yeah. so and it looks like is- a lot of people here were saying that they think the fix was in. They kind of like yeah. Brady, it, Gronk said, or Brady, like if I go somewhere, maybe I won't, but if I do, I will get you there somehow. I will work well, this out. Even, Gronk said they've been talking for two weeks, about two months about, hey, right. we'll see where we go. We'll, we'll play together. Somebody yeah. was saying on Twitter the other day that Tom Brady, the GM, made this happen. Yes. Well, that's yes. right. Okay. But let's get our hand. Yep. Yep. And this is a caller in the 209 area code. So, caller, come on in. Bet you it's Marty. All right, Barry, uh, this oh, is Marty. I, th- I thought, yeah. that's, I thought, it, was, I thought I it was you, it. Marty, but I didn't want to. You know how that is. You want to, don't want to make yourself look bad. So I that, that, would be like, that would be around, uh, that would be around the Stockton, California yes, but area. Well, but welcome in. Welcome in, Marty. Go ahead. Yeah, welcome to this show. We hear yeah, you on well, All Things Radio. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. You know, um, I was going to say, uh, I have a couple of football and a couple of baseball comments, but okay. I do football because that's where you guys are right now. Um, you know, I, I heard that Montana and Young really didn't get along that well. No, they um, did not. No, they, no, did, they not. did not, but fact, it was a piece. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they pulled it off, but they didn't. Now, you know, Aaron Rodgers ought to remember Brett Favre, you know, mentored him and did a really good job. Um, so he might yeah, do well I, to remember that. You know, he's, um, he's going to play I, for four years. I, I grew up an hour away from where Aaron Rodgers grew up, and everything I hear in the local area, is, is, he's not very nice to, to family members or the public, or you know, and he only talks to people when it's necessary. Okay. Well, so, and, and well, now, Marty, if you, you, hold, hold on, guys. Marty, if you want to go ahead and do your baseball stuff, you can. Or, yeah, or go you, right ahead. Or you, right. or, you, or, you, or you can raise your hand again when we get to baseball, either way. No, we can do baseball right now. We're, but I, as far as yeah. I know, I, I've finished all the NFL I had. So Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I have a couple of questions, but right. we'll get back to that. I was going to say that um, I don't know if you've had a chance. I know, Robert, maybe you have. Um, Sean and Perry and Chris, I don't think you get Cal- uh, NBC uh, sports. Area, you know, sports uh, California, but 
I really enjoy these classic games with the A's. Oh, I know. I, I, me, me being a diehard A's fan, I, I love them. I, I, you know, it, it, it brings back time when I actually grew up inside the Coliseum. You know, because you know. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting to note because a lot of places are doing classic games. Um, Tonight, in fact, if you can get, if anybody can get 660, the fan out of New York, they're replaying the 2008 Super Bowl, the Patriots and the Giants. I'm sure that brings back awful memories, Chris. Yeah. That that started at 7 Eastern. It did. And Fox Fox Sports Southwest is running old Ranger games. They're running old Stars games, uh, Spurs games. AT&T Sports Houston is running Astro games. Yep. Uh, most of your regional sports nets on TV and your uh, your flagship stations of your baseball teams are running classic baseball games. I mean, and like I said, Fox Fox Sports One is running the old This Week in Baseball, and then they're running games. Uh, regular Fox on Saturday afternoon is running games, and then Saturday night on Fox Sports One baseball on Tuesday night on ESPN. Yeah. You well, Robert, you would have enjoyed a documentary I heard yesterday, even though it was about the 76 Patriots, but it certainly was about the Raiders, too. Oh, yeah. The 76 Patriots and the building of that team, you know, the in came Fairbanks and the drafting of the 73 people, Hannah and Cunningham and Stingley and so forth, and then how, you know, the whole roughing the passer call. But Robert and I have agreed, and we haven't maybe talked about this on the air. We maybe no, we have not. Like at the beginning, but we agreed that it all worked out because when the Patriots got the tuck rule call, in 2001 into 2002 in the Snow Bowl right at the end of Foxborough Stadium. That made up for the roughing the passer. Neither was really a super legitimate call, but the Patriots got their Super Bowl that time, and I think they could have won the Super Bowl in 76 because they went, were going to go in and play a depleted uh, Pittsburgh team, and then uh, was Minnesota really going to win a Super Bowl? I don't think so. Uh, no. Yeah, you know, this reminds me of another thing I was going to mention uh, while we're still hanging on football here. For those who have computers or iPhones, however you want to do it, from now through July 31st, you can listen to NFL games, the old NFL games, going back to 2009. That would be the year, I believe, the Saints won the Super Bowl. Yes. And yes. we, you can listen to any game from 2009 until the present from now through July 31st for free. The only thing you have to do, you go to NFL.com. Uh, slash Game Pass. You'll have to create a username and password, but then you can listen to whatever game you want. Um, it's a little less accessible than baseball, but not much. And um, it, they, of course, the NFL used to have Audio Pass, and I used to really enjoy that. But then they went to Game Pass, and it went from thirty dollars to a hundred dollars. And of course, you know, why would I want to pay a hundred dollars when I would when I don't really use the video or anything like that? But uh, well, from, and, and, from now yeah, through July yeah. 31st, if you want it, NFL.com slash Game Pass, and you can listen to any game yes. from and 2009 And the NFL has on. always been much more jealous about uh, guarding their content than anybody else. They you have. don't see, like, on, you see NHL and, you know, like, during the offseason of hockey, during the offseason of MLB, you'll hear on SiriusXM, you know, games from the previous year or classic games or whatever. You don't you don't do that on, on the NFL, and uh, this is they they know that consciously because one time uh, in the from the owners box they have a show before the Patriots games and they were talking to Jonathan about this a few years ago Jonathan Kraft and he said no we very consciously we want to make it hard to get we want to make our product you know something well now they they want to make it easier 
it's a, it's a goodwill gesture on their part to do this yes. because they want. Well, yeah, they what want they're wanting you to, you to do, Chris, is they're wanting me to to oh, welcome back. You know, you haven't listened to these games, so didn't you miss it? Maybe you would want to buy it for next year. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. So it's about half past, so maybe yep. we should so why don't we do this? Bill, Bill is going to get us if we don't take our two-minute break, and then we'll come back right. with more stuff. So we'll no, but, but I'm going to hold up yeah. that two-minute break for just a moment because I need to ask a question. Okay. okay. All right. I need to know what you think of the Colts draft, and I'm going to use a little bit of privilege here and see what you think of. Robert, what do you think of... What's the guy's name? Robert Pittman or something? Uh, Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman uh, I think, Jr. I think you did. A, I think the entire Colts draft was very good, and you even got a future quarterback uh, later on in the draft that everybody seems to like. Uh, um, and I, his name escapes me. Uh, at the Jacob moment. Eason. Uh, it's not the one from Georgia. It's the other one. Not uh, not from the other Jacob. J- Jacob Eason. 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 That's yeah, it. Jake. Yeah. yeah, Jacob Easton is really good. A lot of people like him, and I, I think that's stealing the draft. Yeah, no, I thought I, I thought Bill the Colts had a very good draft. What yeah. about the running back? I think the Colts did very well. What about Taylor? What about this guy from Wisconsin? Oh, you're gonna love him because he is a workhorse. He will. He oh, he could have. Yeah. He's had what 1,200 yards, I think, for three straight seasons, and frankly, he could have had even more. So, boy, if you want a good running game, you will really, really enjoy Jonathan yes. Taylor. I just remember Jonathan Ron Dean, you know, when, when I hear that, and there's nothing, you know, you, you're comparing apples and oranges. I just remember all the excitement with the Giants of Ron Dane coming in, and he didn't do anything there. So you know, Well, I think know. Jonathan Taylor's best running back is the best back in the draft. I would yeah, agree. Yeah, that yeah. I would agree with. Okay. For, for, All right. for him to slide as low as he did, uh, the Colts got a steal. What was the reason? Does anybody give a reason why he was sliding? Uh, because uh, because other teams took other running backs ahead of him. That's why. I don't okay, then they didn't think it was the best running back in the draft. Well, the Colts actually did see. Well, like uh, Pat Kerwin and Gil Brandt always say, what one team thinks, another one may think right. totally different. And, that's right. Um, that's why I enjoy listening to those guys, because Pat and, and Gil... Uh, go back and forth with their boards and, and this and this and there are differences. So oh, sure. that's the that's the nice thing about that because they they actually do and of course Gil Brandt worked for the Cowboys for many 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 yep. years and he would know that's about the draft. Yeah. A part of the Troika Textram, uh, Gil Brandt and um, and uh, Landry and Tom Landry. That's right. Yep. And they're the guys that got him on the map and. And he's still going. He, I don't know how he's got to be in his 80s, and he sounds I wonderful. think he's. I think he's close to 90, Chris. Yep. He, he, yeah. he sounds great. And so, Pat, Pat Kerwin is just as good. I mean, he knows his stuff, too. Yeah. Sure does. Right. It's good stuff. And okay. I'm go sorry ahead, for that. Break. Here's yeah, your ahead, break. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So Mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with money ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? 
Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Well, we are back. Um, the usual listeners, per much, there's a listener from Massachusetts here, Chris. It's um, East Weymouth, Massachusetts. I've never seen that one on here before. Oh, wait a minute. Let me fix my... There we go. Sorry about that. Okay, Chris. All right. Where is uh, oh, East oh, Weymouth? hear me? Okay. No, I'm sorry. East the... Weymouth is right next to Quincy, and uh, welcome to another South Shore person. Yeah, that's what I could. And we've got a Milwaukee listener. Nothing. Say hello to Milwaukee, Kansas City, and Memphis, Tennessee. That's a first. So, oh, all right. Hey, if we can get a couple, a couple okay. hours from you know what? That's a couple hours from where I was born in north in the northern part of Mississippi. So welcome aboard, okay. Memphis. Hey, if we can get new, one other okay, thing, I want to say. Whoa, 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 Chris. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait one second, please. If you're on the phone and you've dialed in and you want to raise your hand, because I noticed some new callers in. Star nine, press star on your phone and nine, and that will put you in the queue for us to answer you. So, star nine. Ah, two of so, them just did. Right, star okay. nine. Well, let's take some let's, calls. Uh, we could. We could. Go ahead, Jerry. Okay, I wanted to tell you, you folks that uh, SiriusXM is offering right now the game four of the 1966 World Series. Uh, oh, yeah. And we got two top flight broadcasters and Bob Prince and Vince Scully. That's right. That's the day the Dodgers uh, swept the or uh, the I mean the Orioles swept the Dodgers. I'm sorry, Orioles swept yeah. the Dodgers that day. Yep. That's and the right. other night, we, the other night we had the '65 All Star Game. That was uh, that was uh, Herb Carneal and Bob Prince. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that's a good game. I like that '66 game. All right. And Very by good, the way, Jerry. Jerry, congratulations for going to Denver. Yep. Very good. Oh yeah, so we're, we're, we're gotta get. It's gonna be a little cold in the winter, but uh, I like what you said, Chris, about the playing the Ray Peterson songs and all that stuff. Yeah, that's yep. right. You guys got to got to give you guys a plug. Okay. All right. Thank you. Right. Talk to you later. Now we have a caller from the nine five four area code. Caller, that go would ahead. Be- that would be That's correct. This is Jay in Tamarack. Uh, oh, yeah, Jay. I, how are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome aboard, Jay. Yeah, well, it's I, my pleasure. I, I listen to you guys uh, on Thursday nights. 
I may yeah. not listen live Thursday night, but I do listen to every show, and okay, I listen yeah. to this show. And, I uh, met this guy yeah, in Rochester last year. We were on the, exactly. the Hall of Fame we, tour. Yeah, That's we right. went to the Hall of Fame tour, exactly. We did, yep. And uh, I got a couple of comments. I know you were talking about the draft. The, AC, the SEC had, uh, I wrote this down, I think they had 63 picks. And uh, they, they, they led the Big Ten at 48, the Pac-12 at 32, and then the ACC at 27, the Big 12 at 21, Conference U, um, the AAC at 21, Conference USA and the Mountain West had 10. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, the, uh, and some of those will go up. Mid America not- had two. Wow. Okay. And some of those will go up because you're still going to see guys undrafted, but you're going to see a lot of undrafted free agents sign. And some of yep. those numbers will even go up higher than that. They've they've already been signing. I've been getting notifications yep. the last couple of days. About I know the that. Patriots got a quarterback from Louisiana Tech. So yep. you know, there you go. Yep. You, know, you never know. Another thing about the draft, uh, I always tell people, let's wait three to five years to see what happens. Who yeah, actually? Correct makes it and who doesn't make so, it there's so, so many down players there, Jay, I, I know you're in the miami area what i am to talk about uh tua coming to miami everybody excited oh, yeah yeah people, people uh, most people are thrilled about it and uh the re- what i say is this god you better stay hope you stay safe hope you stay uh, healthy healthy yeah if he stays healthy uh, he's going to be a terrific quarterback, but no one, you know, we don't know. No one knows. That's right. I would have made the pick. If I were the GM, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you, I mean, he fell to five. I'd go with him. Oh, definitely. And you I had, to, you like had to take the chance because from oh, what, yeah. they were, what they were saying on the, on NFL radio is between him and Justin Herbert, who was the guy taken right behind him. Tua has a much higher upside when healthy. Okay. Well, and not, not only that, Perry, but uh, Tua, let's face it, he played in NFL caliber games. Every year Every year that Alabama is involved, they're always involved in big-time games. The University of Oregon can, can't really say that. Well, well, it's a power five. It's not, it's not like a, you know, but anyway, you know, the, yeah, there's something to be said for that, but the health is the important thing. That, that's that's and, true. And, and, and who can predict that? Nobody can. Nobody right. can. So, and I also like uh, some of the other picks the Dolphins made. I like uh, the kid they got, and you would see him, Sean, every week, Jones from Texas. Brandon Jones, yes, Brand- Brandon. Brandon yeah. Jones, I think he's. Yeah, I think I, I've seen him play. I think he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to be all right. He's yeah. going to help us. Yes, yes, Brandon Jones. I love Brandon. Jo- I mean, he was the you know, first Longhorn drafted. I think he's going to help y'all a whole lot. Yes, definitely. And okay. getting the college basketball for a second, you got one of the best high school players right from your Ray area, Brown, from Vandergrift Ray High School. From Vandergrift High School in Leander. Yeah. He was going to go to this G League developmental deal, uh, but then, you know, his dad played for Texas, and he's a hometown kid, so he's going to be a one and done. But yes, they got him. They got him. It's a good. And his dad's friends with Coach Shaka Smart, and since the pandemic, Shaka Smart kept his job. Well, but Shaka. He may help Shaka keep his job another year because if they don't win the conference at least next year with him, if they, you know, then I don't know. They if they can't. I mean, with their veterans coming back, yeah, and they can't. I mean, they better win with Greg Brown because Greg Brown, high school McDonald's All American, probably the best player to come from Austin. I would say since Ray Jackson back in well, the day. Well, that's a good way to transition into basketball, and I, and we do have another. Thing, thing with college basketball. Danny Manning, the Wake Forest coach, was fired yesterday. 
So, Finally, uh, you know, I was going to if we had had a regular show on, you know, after the you know, we know March 11th was the day that we all kicked into pandemic mode. And, you know, the day and we're, we're going to talk about that again with Utah here in a minute. I've got to get some information on Utah. But anyhow, um, you know, I was going to say because I, I forget who you, the Wake Forest lost to in the first round of the, the ACC. And I was going to say, how does this guy keep his job? As it turns out, he was and a, a great player for Kansas. I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't a great player, but he had six losing seasons and never had a winning season in the ACC or anything. Had six years. Yeah. My goodness. And you know? another another college basketball note, you're starting to see a lot of people who, who are declaring for the NBA draft, but many of them are not hiring agents. And in our state, we've had one of each. Uh, Joe Wieskamp from Iowa is not going to test the process. Uh, well, however, we had that Jericho Sims, Jericho Sims here in Texas was going to, and now he decided he's not going to. Right. However, AJ Green from Northern Iowa is testing the waters. He is not hiring an agent, so he can come back. But he is at least he wants to see what he gets for evaluations. So mm-hmm. AJ Green is testing, and boy, for being a U and I fan, selfishly, I hope he comes back because we are supposed to have a really, really good team this year with him so i hope he comes back okay another college basketball thing that we should mention because this is one of the coaches you know that you hear of because it's such an unusual name muffet mcgraw the coach of notre dame uh is leaving after how many years of coaching 33 uh, yeah, three, 33 33, years. 33 the women's Hall basketball famer, coach muffet Hall McGraw. Of famer, one of the blue blood coaches of women's college basketball up there with the pat summit gino ariemo yep. uh jody conrad yep. uh you know, in that whole bunch, I, you can probably start to throw Kim Mulkey in there with that blue blood bunch. I mean, she's she's one of those, one of the one of the uh, big big dogs in women's college basketball. Mm-hmm. Hang it yep. up. Okay. So, any more college basketball? Um, no. Not really. Not really because the, there's a, a little NBA ago, news. Uh, yeah, okay, why don't we go, uh, speaking of college, we can get the college part out of the way. Why don't you go, uh, Perry, to you heard a report on CBS Radio Sports from somebody about college basketball, uh, college football is basically looking to a start in January. Is that what you're hearing? I, have, I heard that on Wednesday or Thursday, and then today I have heard that a lot of places are now saying that they are going to have the kids back in the fall. But I still think well, it's much more, I still think yeah. it's much more likely, though, the the much more likely scenario is indeed for January college football. Well, and but the president of Brown University came out today, and she said, I forget her name. Her name escapes me. She said that there needs to be a way for all the colleges to be able to reopen in the fall and socially. And it, and like I said, all all ten of the Division One conferences, the Power Five and the Group Five, have all said. They will not play and have their players back unless they other students are allowed back. So right now, the, the I know our I know in Iowa our three public university universities, uh, Iowa, Iowa State, and Northern Iowa have all announced that it, unless something changes at this point, they are opening up with students in the fall. Yeah, and, and of course, and of course, as have. we say, remember when we say this today, tomorrow it right. may be something totally different. Absolutely. Always, remember, always keep that in mind. It was even if the conference is stick with that. You, you can it's have like BC. You know, this has been a severe state. BC may just want to be closed, whereas the North Carolina schools may want to open. So there could be some back and forth within the conferences. You know, that's another thing. And and like I said, even today, just from when we saw that on Wednesday to today, as 
as even in states like New York where things are dropping, it's the lowest artists the lowest death rate in New York since March thirty first today. So I mean, as things are dropping, they may say, you know what, we can work we have ways to work this out. It could be different next week. Every week there's always something yeah. different. Yeah. Sometimes it goes up. It's up and it's an up and down ladder. Sometimes we go up a little farther, down a little more, then back up a little more, and then yeah. You know? Okay. Do we have any more college uh, stuff? And then we just get going no, with baseball. Really. And the, 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 only, the only thing I would say, remember, uh, w- with our pandemic that we're going through, a lot of places are yeah, – I know in Iowa, our numbers are going up quite a bit. And keep in mind, guys, one of the reasons for that is everybody says we need all the testing, all the testing. That This is what's going to happen when you get all the testing is yes. the numbers are going to go up. Some of these people that are that are testing positive have, have already had it. And recovered. Right. Yes. They just didn't know they had it. So yes. that and, is and one. Think there's one thing Mass- there. Massachusetts is one of the top five states per capita right. in testing, and I think that's why we're third in reported cases too. I don't know that we're that much worse than Michigan or Louisiana. I'm not saying we're we're doing great with cases, but I think that might be part of you know these these statistics. If other states don't test as as much per capita, their st- statistics are going to lag behind those who do. So and remember, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to watch the statistics in the next few weeks because with states loosening restrictions and allowing people to do more things. We'll find out whether this correct. Yeah. Virus now, one more ba- one more basketball state. note before we hit baseball here. The NBA, a, a reporter, Bill Ryder from CBS, has said that the NBA now is thinking very seriously about. We know they're opening voluntarily their practice facilities for those who want to use them, starting on May first for, for for places who have lifted the restrictions. But they are talking very seriously about reopening, resuming the season in August. Now, obviously, if they resume the season in August, the new season will not start in October. No, so, no, yeah, it would and, start at yeah, Christmas. And also, yeah. and and in any and any state after May first, as soon as they lift their restrictions, they will automatically be open. That goes in. Real yeah, quick. and the reason no. and the reason for that is the NBA. Uh, teams would like if you're going to work out and you're a player, they would rather you work out in their facility, you know, where they can keep it clean and this and that, right. rather than to be working out somewhere else where it may not they may not have such stringent policies. So I, I need to give my little statistic because just of the irony of it, I checked last night. So these are last night's figures uh, from Miss A. 3,953 cases in Utah, and uh, you know, and of course, uh, Massachusetts over 50,000. So they're one of the lower states. 41 deaths in Utah. The two yeah. people after the uh, uh, what's his name? The, the I can't think of his name. The actor. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Gobert. No, no, the actor. Um, oh, uh, uh, Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Tom Hanks. After Tom Hanks and his wife, right behind that, in that 45 minutes on on March 11th, when the country became that became the United States of pandemics, actually, uh, Rudy Gobert. Tested positive, and so they, that game was canceled. That uh, Oklahoma City uh, was hosting Utah, and Donovan Mitchell a couple of days later tested positive. They're both recovered, of course. They're both fine, but it's ironic that they may be among the people that play or are able to work out because it, it would stand a reason that if you've only got three thousand nine hundred fifty-three cases, yeah. you're going to be one of the early states to open. So that's just kind of a funny situation. 
And before we get, okay, and before we get to baseball, I guess we can talk a little bit about this Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, uh, yeah go ahead. We'll talk a little bit because here as we get through, and we're, it'll be shown a whole bunch of times all throughout the week. I've, walked, I've gone past it three or four times on the various ESPNs. Uh, of course, last week, uh, it's a 10-part series, five Sundays. It was supposed to have been airing in July and August, but they moved it up. Uh Michael Jordan, the Chicago, Michael Jordan's last dance featuring this 97-98 season. And last week, the first part was about Michael and him. You know, they showed the whole lead-up to the 97-98 season, how basically they, they were told everybody's gone after this year. Jerry Krause had already, uh, he had already basically said, I don't want Phil Jackson back. And these guys are like, if Phil Jackson's gone, we're gone. He already had, he even went so far, Tim Floyd, Tim Floyd was invited to the wedding, and Phil Jackson was not. That was what, and he and Tim Floyd even said, 1996-97, he said, "Don't break this team up. Let them fizzle out." And he's like, "Oh no, no, we got to." So they did the setup for that, and the whole setup of Scottie Pippen needed surgery, and he waited until the season to kind of stick it because back in 1991 he was given a contract, which was a good contract, seven-year contract back then. He signed it. Jerry Reinsdorf said he told him not to sign it. Well, you're the owner. Then why'd you offer him that seven year? Because he was the fourth highest play, paid player in the league. But by the end of it, he was the 122nd highest paid player in the league and the sixth highest paid player on his own team. And he wanted to go renegotiate. And Reinsdorf and Kraus are like, oh, we don't renegotiate contracts in the middle. We wait till it's over. So he kind of said, I'll do the cert. You know, hey, I'll set out. I'll come back when I'm ready. You know, and then we'll just tee it up. And so they showed that and Michael's frustration with Scotty over it because it's like, wait a minute, what's going on? But then, you know, so they had all that and they showed Scotty how he signed the contract because he said, I want to get a house from my, uh, from my mom. I want to get something for her, you know, and he was really poor in Central Arkansas. He was a team manager and they just gave him a shot on the team. And then that's how he ended up getting drafted and one of the 50 best players. But then the part about Michael Jordan, they showed him coming in. They went back to his high school days. Of course, we all know about him being cut from his high school team. He's only 5'10". His mom said, get out there and play, where nowadays mom would go yell at the coach. That's right. And nowadays right. She'd, go, she'd go yell at the coach. And then here's the funny part. Roy Williams, of course, assistant for North Carolina at that time, comes back and he goes, yeah, we're told about this kid named Mike Jordan. Mike Jordan, <laughs> they're told about him. Yeah. And so they, they said, we want to – we want Mike Jordan. We want him. Uh, and they said, okay, we'll look at him. We know he's pretty good. And then he gets there, and Roy Williams looks at Dean Smith and goes, this is the best player in America. And Smith was like, yeah. And so he came in. He talked about that first year in in Chicago and talked about, as he called it, the cocaine carnival. Because remember, they had Quentin Daly and all those guys. And they were partying. And he walked in this room, and there was all kind of – and he goes, no, I think I need to go back to my room. You know, he's like yeah. – and then the next year when he got injured – and everybody was traded, and then he wanted to come back, and he snuck around that he was working out, and they didn't find out, and they said, "Wait, your legs?" And they limited him to fourteen to seven minutes a half, and Albeck was like, "I can't put you in; I'll get fired." And he goes, and it was to get into the playoffs, and he his whole he thought they were tanking for a lottery pick, in which they probably were, and then so finally Albeck's like, "No," and he said, "Luckily, Paxson hit the shot," and then of course. They ended his part talking about you know, the 63-point game against Boston, which they lost yeah. in overtime, but he we just dominated. Larry, history, yeah. Larry Bird said in there, Larry Bird said, this guy's the future. And then they even had a quote from Magic. He said, I looked and I said, hey, 
we need to uh, we we need to uh, step back and just ride on this guy. And Danny Ainge talked about it playing golf. T- you know, he said, "Yeah, I took some money from him, but then he got me mm-hmm. back." Then the next day it was sixty three points, even though we won. They yeah. knew, and that's kind of how they ended the Michael part. And then they had the Scotty. And tonight is about Dennis Rodman and his future with the Bulls. Okay. Yep. So now getting into this baseball thing, and Sean and Perry, you guys can uh, probably run this down. What the latest uh, things you've heard about the now Texas is in the mix. The yes, one question the, I have to start with with Texas, if you if you do this in Texas, both of them are American League. Uh, you know, Florida's a split uh, thing. Arizona, of course, a National League uh, state. But there, somebody'd have to like uh, you know, if you have the National League teams in the Houston uh, area, then uh, the Astros uh, wouldn't play there. Or how how are you going to do that? You know, that is correct. The Astros and the Rangers would both be playing in Arizona because they're in the they would I be think. the Wests because it would be the East. Well, it would be the East, the National and the American in Florida. Right. The Centrals, the National and American in Texas, and then the mm-hmm. West, the National and American in Arizona. However, right. they do yeah. believe that by the time this would happen, that there might be another stadium or two that might open up that they could use, such as Seattle. The only one with the dome would be Seattle, but that's too far away. They could use Coors Field because that's not too far, but Coors Field's an outdoor stadium. Well, and Rand, but, remember, if Canada's open, Toronto's a dome. Also. Well, that's not until well, at least well, June talking- 30th. Yeah, yeah, right. but like they're looking at re- they're looking at areas that are close to match up, like Tampa, Miami, three or four hours away. Houston and Dallas are four hours apart. Uh, the, uh, Arizona doesn't really have a dome that's close by Seattle. Oh yeah, it's, and yeah, remember, it's, it's remember though what the, what they the goal is to get fifteen games a day in. Right, that's the yeah. goal, and you have five domes, so you'd have to play three games a day in each dome, and you could do it. Yep. So. Yep. That yeah. one seems at Texas this point in, that seems to make the most sense. And right. the reason Texas Texas comes in the mix is because you have San Antonio with a triple A park that used to be a double A. Round Rock, a triple A. Corpus Christi, which for the Houston teams is three or four hours, that's a double A park. Then right up there by Arlington you have Frisco that you know, I mean they're not gonna use El Paso or Amarillo or Midland, those are too far away. You know, El Paso's six hundred miles away from Dallas, eight hundred miles away from Houston. They're not And remember they're gonna, they're gonna have to use those my like Sean's he's rattling off the minor league parks in Texas. They're going to have to use some of those, probably some spring training places in Florida and Arizona, because you have to keep your minor, at least the the minor leaguers that might play, probably the minor league season is going to be canceled, but those who may have to be called up, you have to keep them ready. Right. And you're saying you've heard Perry that they're talking about having like a 50 man uh, group that you would put like a a 50 man rolling roster where you can have, they think they're, somewhere between 28 and 31 per day because your starting pitcher, at least early on, is probably going to pitch two or three innings. So um, they're thinking somewhere between, you know, 28 to 31 a day, and it would be a 50-man rolling roster. So you got to keep those guys to where they're able to play games against other people, you know, so that they're ready to go should they be necessary. Yeah. yeah. So there were, and, and of course, this is again just one of those plans. I mean, it's out there. The other thing, though, you were talking earlier before the show, Perry, about Dr. Fauci said that maybe by August you could put fans in the stands, uh, even in in maybe. Would they envision saying, "All right, the first month we're going to do Texas, uh, Florida, and, and um, you know Arizona, and then we'll now August uh, some of these places we can go back to." Are they envisioning going back to That's some of the, the stadiums way. in August or they're September? They're going to start. They're going to start there, and then see how things go. Uh, Jay has his head up. Jay, go ahead. 
Yeah, I was going to say that uh, I uh, saw a report that they won't pick Houston because uh, they want to punish the Astros. Uh, I don't think no, I don't think <laughs> that's no. a good one. I don't think they're that's true the because no, they, the if dome. they can use the dome, they're going to the Astros won't be in Houston. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. The, uh, yeah, what they'll do is they'll put. Uh, this is the way it would work if you do the divisions. You put the the American League East would play in Tampa Bay, the National League East in, in the Miami. Then in Houston, because of history, would play the the Astrodome or the uh, Minute Maid. That's where the National League Central would play. You'd have the American League Central in in the Texas, you know, the Rangers Park, and but then, then the, you could also you can also, Chris, what they're saying is, too, you can also then send some of those teams back and forth and the Centrals can play against each other. Correct. So, like, you may see the the Cubs play, play you know, yeah, you may see the Cubs play the the Twins and, you know, teams like that. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's fine, you know. And I, at this point, I don't even care if there there aren't crowds. I mean, it'd be fun to have crowds. But yeah. when, what Dr. Fauci was talking about, you said Perry was keeping maybe having about a third of the stands full so that Correct. people would have some social distancing. Within and people the may have to. People, would, he said people may have to agree to have their temperature checked on the way in, and right. they may have to agree to you know a mask and some gloves. And he said there. He said things may just be uncomfortable this year. But he sa- he says the way that we're going, the country is really ramping up testing now. And he said if we can keep this going, and it appears that we will, he thinks by August, September at the latest, that uh, he will there will be fans. And Randy Levine of the Yankees was on Fox Business the other day, and he said that when he had talked to uh, Dr. Fauci, he said the same thing to him. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we have a few other items, though, and we, we uh, first of all need to send our uh, thoughts out to Vin Scully, who, of course, fell yes. this week. And he, and he was released today. Fall. Oh, good. He was released you know. today, and, and that's good. He said he will stop doing head first slides, and that's good news. Of course, he's 92. We heard him a couple of weeks ago in his uh, comments about the pandemic, which were very, very good, and we're glad we were able to send that to you. But Vin Scully is out of the hospital, and that's great. And tonight, if you want to hear the young Vin Scully of about 37 years old, 38 years old, 1966, as Jerry said, you can put on MLB radio after this and listen to him and Bob Prince doing the doing the uh, Orioles and Dodgers uh, from Memorial Stadium on that Sunday afternoon. The other if you thing don't is, ha- and if you don't have it, you can listen on the app at least until May 15th for free. Right. Then the other thing is uh, the Red Sox punishment was handed down as we expected. It wasn't very harsh. They do lose a second round draft pick in this year's draft, <clears throat> and there's only a five round draft. So they're using losing uh, you know 20 percent of their yeah. picks compared basically, to other people. Basically, the, the comparison that I heard to this, and we're not comparing what them and Houston did to Penn State and Baylor at all. But they compared it to how Houston had everything written down, everything talked, just like in Penn State's deal. They had all these documents. Penn State got punished really hard for what Sandusky did. Baylor has not been, you know, they didn't have, they haven't gotten hardly punished at all. Houston had all this stuff. The players talked. Red Sox, they learned enough, maybe they learned enough how to cover it up, and so they didn't get the, get the punishment <laughs> as much. Right. Let's get to Marty back in. He, I know he wanted to talk a little baseball earlier. Marty, go ahead. Yeah, Mar- Marty, go ahead. Yeah, I did. As a matter of fact, I, I know at the very end, you guys do deaths, and there were a couple in baseball that I, I, I would be surprised. Maybe you got one of them. I don't think you got the other one. Uh, uh-huh. Did you get Steve, Bul- Steve Bukowski? I you ever don't heard that name? think we did. I don't. I'll, I'll, we'll okay, be, we'll be doing them soon. We'll, we'll know, but I, I don't remember okay. that one. Steve, Steve Bukowski was the, was the inspiration for Bull Durham. He was oh. the inspiration for Nuke LaRouche, and oh. he was a minor oh. league pitcher that never made it. Okay, and but he could throw a hundred miles an hour. He would he would strike out two hundred and sixty two and walk 
282 and 180 innings. Yeah, He was really – the other one – Was he Randy – jo- he, he was Randy Johnson, Marty, before Randy Johnson was cool, right? Well, Nolan Ryan. Yeah, Nolan exactly. Ryan did that, too. Yeah, yeah. Nolan Ryan. Yeah, exactly. The other guy that I was going to tell you about, and I think I, I, this story is kind of special. There was a guy named Danny Walters. Yes, we got him. For the Padres. Yep. You did get him. Okay. We did get him, yeah. And you'll Go ahead. Tell your story. Talk about him. Um, he became a San Diego police officer yes. after he played, and he was injured in 2003 in a domestic violence kind of deal, and he was shot and hit by a car, and evidently he died of some complications from that. Um, yeah. I, you know, he, went, even and he had had a spinal injury in, in his baseball career, too. So that, yeah. uh, you know, that was, and then he was paralyzed after the shooting. That's right. So we, we will yeah. keep talking about him. And then uh, the other thing we need to mention is, oh, we hadn't finished the Red Sox quite. So they lost their uh, draft choice. And again, um, their video guy uh, suspended for 2020. The guy who knew about this, uh, that he and Alex Cora were working on it together. And Alex Cora, of course, uh, suspended through 20. And that means... Technically, he could start coming back into baseball in, uh, you know, 21, and as could A.J. Hinch. So. for good. I think the we'll video see. guy's banished for good. I was surprised. No, no, no. No, he, no, no the video guy, he's suspended for this year, and he right. cannot have that position in 21, and then he's done. he can do whatever after 21. Right. right. Oh, but okay, Alex okay. can come back. Alex and A.J. can come back next year, as far as yeah. I understand and, it. And uh, Ron Renicky was given the permanent job by the Red Sox. But it's Sox. only yeah. through 2020. And yeah. I don't blame the Red Sox for that. And I've got nothing against Ron Renicky. I heard nice things about him during spring training, the two, three weeks we had. But it's just, it's this is such a different year, and you really don't know what's going to happen. And I think you just, everybody's going to hit the reset button in 21. I think you'll see a lot of changes in any sports uh, because yeah. I don't think they're going to blame people for, for things no. this year. But, but you, you do kind of, you know, how do they rise up to a, to a, a strange situation? Because these, these seasons we're going to have, when we have them, are going to be strange. Well, uh, one, thing, one thing, Chris, before we get into the deaths, and I know we do have a, quite a number of them, but uh, we do. before we get into them, one thing to mention is they were talking about it this morning with Jim Duquette and Jim Bowden. And remember, just because you get through this season, there's going to be a lot of lost revenue. It's probably yeah. going to take these owners three to four years to really jump yes. out of this so you may not see you know the 350 and 400 million dollar contracts for a few years that's right and so you could see a guy like Mookie just take what he can from the Dodgers or come back to the Red Sox at a you know or where you know one of the places that if he gets to like it in LA or he knows the people here he may come back at a reduced rate and you're right it may not be one of these 10-year 350 million contracts or whatever the heck they give them nowadays. Right. The other thing that should be mentioned, and it might be a, a, a just a crazy idea, is apparently A-Rod and J-Lo want to buy the Mets. The New York That's Mets. correct. They've talked, to JP, they've talked to J.P. Morgan Chase about getting capital by the Mets. Okay, and one other note. Apparently, uh, you said that, you th- uh, the, that what you're hearing about the, uh, the baseball – uh, you know, whatever plan they use, Florida, Arizona, Texas, Florida, Arizona, whatever they do, that these games will be nationally available. Uh, that is, you know, these, that's these what we're hearing. Yes, you'll have triple headers, probably, you know, ESPN, ESPN2, Fox Sports 1, but they will apparently be able to show them in your local markets. But if they're televised, we'll say it's the Cubs and the Twins. Well, if the Twins are the home team, that will be the TV crew that they use. Right. Yes. 
And and so you could have games. Let's say at uh, let's say you do your Florida the, at Eastern time twelve four and eight, and then Eastern time in Texas one five and nine or something like that. You know, just to get. So I don't know how they'll do it, yeah. but I'm I'm just saying those kinds of times you'd have staggered, and you may have those seven inning games because of that. Because and you may have curfews. Uh, I'm thinking. You I, I just and you, that and they not, may if they want to play. You know, if they have days where they want to try to get double headers in, which they will. You're, you may have some of these AAA parks have to play double headers. Right, right. So you might see like the the the, the Red Sox and the Yankees play at Legends Field or in in um, you know JetBlue Park just to you know be somewhere else so some of the other games can take place at the other stadiums. You know things like that that could be designated teams that'll and one, go. One date that we're hearing really tossed around maybe July fourth. So that's, we're not saying yeah. that that is the date. But that's the one we're hearing tossed around right now. Well, it's funny when they were. I told you when I on here two or three weeks ago when they were talking to John Sterling on WCBS when things were really bad in New York early March or early April, I should say. And uh, they said, "What about July Fourth? It's your birthday. What do you think, baseball bag?" He said, "Hey, any day they come back is a great day for me. That's what I. I'm just looking forward to it." Okay, so I guess we can start in on these deaths and uh, try to give you all the information we have. Uh, we have Bobby Winkle, and we mentioned him last week. He was 90 years old. He plays. He was a minor league infielder for the White Sox uh, in from 51 through 58. Then he became the head coach of Arizona State and the first ever baseball head coach of Arizona State from 59 through 71. He had three NCAA titles in 65, 67, 69, sort of like the San Antonio odd number thing that he was kind of doing there, that the San Antonio used yeah. to do. 524 wins, 173 losses. That's a nice record. He uh yeah, 751 percentage for, for Bobby Winkle. Then, and the guys that he brought into baseball, all Oakland A's, uh, Rick Monday, Sal Bando, and Reggie Jackson. That is three, correct, uh, yep. Three of the uh, the, the uh, linchpins in that Oakland uh, uh, dynasty. And actually, last night, I think they had one of the Oakland A's games. I heard uh, Ralph Kiner doing some A's baseball last night, so I'm thinking they had one of those World Series uh, games. Although um, uh, Rick Monday didn't get to participate participate in the dynasty because he was traded to the Cubs for Kenny, for Holtzman. Kenny Holtzman. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Then in 72, uh, he was a coach uh, for the Angels, and then he became manager of the Angels in, uh, in uh, let's see, seven, and 626, uh, 74, and uh, he Oh, I'm sorry. He was the manager of 73 and into 74, got replaced on June 26th of 74 by Dick Williams, uh, another uh, Oakland thing. And then he was an Oakland coach uh, from 70. He went back to the A or to the A's in 74. He was only out of work for a couple of weeks uh, through the end of 75 and 76. He coached for the Giants. Then in 76. Now, let's see. In 76 and 77, he was managing the A's back and forth with – uh, or Jack, was McKeon. Jack McKeon, yeah. in 77 and 78. This was after Charlie took the team apart and you had all kinds of weird people. You had a couple of good players, but you had guys like Mitchell Page and guys like that that were there. And, the and remember uh, the, how they got Jack McKeon in the first place. They traded with the Pittsburgh Pirates. They traded Jack McKeon to the Pirates for Manny Sanguin, of all people. So, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So then in 78, he left that rat race and went to the Cubs. He was yep. a coach there from 78 through 81. Then 82 through 85, was the, uh, he was with uh, Montreal and coached there. And he was the de- development department and a coach there uh, in 86 through 88. The coach first, then the development department, 86 through 88. Then he was an analyst on the Montreal Expos radio network from 89 through 93. And then he... Uh, 
he got the uh, he got inducted into the college uh, ba- baseball hall of fame in 06 so well, well deserved for that yep. so that's bobby winkles okay now we have mike curtis an interesting guy 77 years old uh, they called him Mad Dog. He went to Duke in the mid '60s, uh, and then he uh, became. Uh, he was the 14th pick in the uh, the first round, the NFL draft, and the third round pick in the AFL. This is back when you had uh, separate drafts before the merger. But he played for the Colts. He was, uh, he decided to go with the Colts. He played there from '65 through '75. Then he played in uh, the Seattle Seahawks their first year in '76. Then the Washington Redskins in '77 and '78. He uh, won uh, Super Bowl five. He made an, an interception, and that set up the uh, winning field goal by Jim O'Brien against Dallas. Then, uh, but in uh, let's see, '68, he won an NFL championship, and they lost that Super Bowl game to the Jets. He was uh, in four Pro Bowls. Uh, he had 100. Uh, let's see, 166 games, 25 interceptions, and two uh, touchdowns on those interceptions. Nine fumble recoveries and one touchdown. And, of course, his big uh, moment in the sun occurred uh, on, uh, let's see, on September the 11th uh, of 71. Wasn't it the, December? Wasn't December, it December 11th, I'm sorry, yeah, December 11th. Right. And he played, uh, he was playing in the game against the uh, Miami Dolphins at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore Saturday afternoon, one of those late Saturday afternoon games we, we get. And a fan, a, uh, somebody with uh, too many adult beverages came out of the stands <laughs> And Mike Curtis leveled him, and everybody was so happy. You know, so often you have the police chasing these idiots around and all this. Well, he just said, hey, here comes the guy. I'll get him and get this over with. So he just knocked him out, and they took the guy away, and everybody was really happy about it. You know, nowadays they'd be suing and saying it was terrible, and they'd need to leave it up to the security people. Well, that <laughs> they, they didn't that day. And uh, let's see. And uh, okay, then he founded a real estate company, and no cause of death was given for Mike Curtis. Nope. Then we have uh, defensive end Pelham McDaniel's. I can't say that I heard of him. He's 52 years old. Uh, he went to Color, uh, Color, uh, Oregon State, and then he was uh, he was uh, let's see, he was a second team Pac-10 player. And uh, he played first for the Birmingham Fire of the World League of American Football. That's one that I has kind of slipped by me. I don't quite remember that league. That was in the That's 70s. the league that became NFL Europe. They had okay. the North American East, North American West, and the European. But oh, that's right. Okay. Europe. I okay. Have the, I that have was the later on, league. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 91 and 92. It became NFL Europe. Yeah. Okay. 91 and 92 played for the Chiefs. 93 through 98 played for Atlanta. 99, uh, he, uh, you know, played a couple of games. Uh, let's see uh, what else we got here for his uh, stuff. And he was a curator uh, of, uh, I'm not sure what he was curator of, at Emory College. He ended up working for Emory College in Atlanta. Maybe that was his hometown. And uh, I don't have a cause of death on him. And I, I don't quite know what he was curating. And that was not good. Bob Oliver, uh, 77 years old. Uh, he was picked up by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 63 draft. Well, season. They didn't have a draft till 65, but they signed him in 63. Uh, then he was in the minors and called up in 65 briefly for three games for the Pirates. Then he went to Minnesota for two more minor league seasons, but he finally made the majors for good in uh, for Kansas City. He was part one of their original players, 69 through 72, and then he went to the Angels in 72 through 74, Baltimore nine games in 74, Yankees 18 games in 75, he had 847 hits. He had 256, 94 home runs, 419 RBIs. He was the father of Darren Oliver, the pitcher, who played, pitched from 93 through 13, mostly for Texas. I think he pitched for the Red Sox briefly. And um, 
and he played, and, and father and son both played with Nolan Ryan. Uh, the father played with him in the Angels, and uh, and uh, his son Darren played with Ryan in uh, Texas. In, in, uh, yes, in Texas, in '93. Yeah, no, no cause of death was given for him. We move on to Eddie Cotton, 72 years old. He was a boxing referee, and Robert can tell us a little about him when we finish here. Yeah, he, he, he had he died of our second uh, that I know of sports figure to die of the coronavirus. That is that is correct. He and Tom Dempsey. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. He was the referee in a boxing ref from '92 through '14. He, he started the amateurs in '80 and worked in uh, the New Jersey penal system for a long time, refereeing there. Yeah, then, he was a he was a New Jersey native, and back back in the seventies and eighties, New Jersey was the only the only one that I know of that had a boxing program in prison. Uh, there's been a couple of professional fighters that actually fought well, while they were in prison in was, New Jersey. That was where Marv Albert and Freddie Pacheco on NBC Sports World used to do from the Rawway State Prison. That, oh, that's, that's, right. that's correct. Yep, that's sure right. Yeah. And he was so he one was, of the refs. I remember that name. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. He was from Patterson, New Jersey, yep. uh, and uh, he was a city councilman there. And his, uh, and, uh, his wife, uh, no, I guess his wife was a councilman. Uh, that's councilwoman correct. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And he fight, uh, refereed in 02 Lennox Lewis against, uh, let's see, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Yeah. yeah. And he uh, refereed one of the Bo, Bo uh, Gal- Andrew Golata fights, Riddick Bo and Andrew Golata. And he uh, f- uh, refereed one uh, uh, Foreman and uh, Ger- Ger- um, G- uh, George Foreman and Shannon Briggs. Yeah. And then uh, Tyson Fury and Steve Cunningham. Yeah. One, thi- one thing you need to know about Eddie Cotton, for those that don't know anything about him, he was not your average size human. He was pretty large. And right. so they would use him a lot for heavyweight fights just because, you you know, if you need to separate those two, you need yep. somebody big enough to handle that. And yes. uh, he was he was one of the best at it. He finished his career with two title fights in Germany in 2014. That is correct. Okay. Then we have Milt Sunday. I remember this name. 78 years old from the Minnesota Vikings. He was an offensive guard, 64 through 74. One NFL championship, uh, and the thing is that's misleading here. Before the merger, they would say things like one NFL championship uh, because the Vikings went to the Super Bowl 68-69 season. He was actually in three Super Bowls because then they don't do it that way for the mergers. They tell you about right. the rings. But right. he was in two losing Super Bowls for the Vikings, who, of course, have lost four. He was in the losing Super Bowl, would have been in 72-73 season, against uh, 73-74 against the Dolphins, 74-75 against the Steelers. That's so he true. made three Super Bowls and lost those. Uh, let's see. He he was in uh, the the Pro Bowl. Uh, I think in '66 it says. Uh, let's see. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, he had uh, Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease, and uh, played for the Vikings from '64. Uh, oh yeah, '74, '75. I already talked about that. I don't have his stats for fumbles and made no. a couple, made some Pro Bowls, but he was a good offensive lineman. We have Bart Johnson, 70 years old. Chicago White Sox, both a scout and a pitcher. Uh, let's see, he started in, uh, let's see, he p- pitched for the White Sox from the late in 69 to the end of the 77 season. He started and relieved about equally. Uh, he was, his record was 43 and 51, 3.04 ERA, uh, 520 strikeouts. Uh, he had 17 saves. Uh, he was out with back problems in 75 in that uh, season, in that uh, career. And then he was a scout for the White Sox from 80 through 97, and he had Parkinson's disease. We continue. 
We're getting there, folks. Okay. There are. Uh, Dan Walters, this is the one that uh, we just talked about with Jay before, 53 years old only. Uh, with uh, 70, Marty, I think. Marty. 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 Oh, that was Marty. That was Marty. I mean, that's right. Okay. He's 53 years old. Uh, let's see. Uh, he, he was uh, with the, uh, the uh, Padres. He played uh, in 83 and 84, it looks like, and 75 of the, uh, the 84 games he was there. He was there like about half a year between the two seasons. He was basically a platooning catcher is basically what we got from that. Right. Uh, then, uh, let's see, then he, he was there 92, 93. He had, anyway, his career, he had 64 hits, uh, 273, uh, 64 games, 270. No, that's not right. 273 hits. Anyway, he hit 234, not a, not a great hitter. No. Uh, oh, I see what he was. He got 64 hits and 273 at bats. That's what's yeah. 234, five homers, 32 RBIs. Uh, he uh, he went back to the minors uh, for Colorado in '95 and after spinal injury, then uh, to the A's minor league system, then he uh, then the San Diego Police Department shot in '03 and paralyzed uh, and died from complications from the injuries and of course had the spinal injury in baseball, fought through that, got to the police department, which is very good, but then of course was uh, shot and then that was it for him. And then I think this is the last one we have. Rich Hacker, 72 years old. Uh, he was a minor league uh, shortstop from 67 through 73. Uh, and again in 79, uh, he played for Montreal after uh, 16 games in 71. And and then uh, he was a base, base coach for the Cardinals. Uh, first base from 86 through 87. Third base coach, 88 through 90. And then Toronto, third base coach, 91 through 93. And hurt an accident uh, in July of '93 in St. Louis. He, it was a uh, car accident. Uh, he stopped coaching on field, but did uh, charts for the for the team, and would have been the guy to wave Joe Carter home with the uh, winning home run in the '93 World Series if he had not been injured. So that was it for him. And I guess that's it for those. You know, so one thing, have... Chris, before we yep. before we go, go off of baseball here, um, yep. we reported back in January that Jerry Schimmel was let go by the Rockies. Yes. Well, Jerry has a new job. He is an analyst. He is a baseball, basketball um, contributing analyst for the, the fan uh, sports station in Denver. Is that the station is, that they, picks up? Do they pick up? Are they the ones that have the Avalanche and the um, and the? No, uh, no, no. I guess they, no, they, they, have, the, uh, they have the they have the Buffalo. They have the Buffalo's game games. Oh, yeah, they're one four three. The fan. The Avalanche is Mile High Sports Radio. That Stan Kroenke owns the Avalanche. Yeah, altitude. Uh, they call it altitude. Altitude, sports. right? Altitude sports, not Mile right, High. Right. Altitude, but the one zero four three. The fan. They're the one. Basically, what it is, he's a contributor until maybe there's an opening for an on-air, a full-time on-air talk show, and then he'll probably well, be to be right tr- to that. be truthful, uh, we've talked about this before, Chris. He could probably do the basketball games uh, once again because that guy is just not very good. The Nuggets no. guy, right? No, he isn't. Okay, now we wanted uh, one thing. We I was able to find out a little about the very little about the pandemic uh, from uh, before we get into the history for our specific dates. I was able to get some information on the pandemic and how it affected sports in 1918 and 1919, as was Sean. So the Red Sox won the World Series in 1918, as you remember when they won it in 2018. That was mentioned, and that, of course, was they had to wait. No, 2004, you mean. No, well, hang on, Robert. They won it in 2018, and they won it in 1918. That was right. my point. But they had to wait, I was about to say, from 1918 through 2004 to, to win after 86 years. But right. they won it 904-18, and the reason for that was the season was cut short because they knew they had had the flu the, the winter before. 
Jets. They knew it was coming back. So they and only we'll played that on Friday in history. They, uh, yes, that's right. And that's what I'm saying. That Sean picked up some information. So I asked Miss A, because if a team hasn't changed their name ever, uh, or from the time they've changed their name, you can get statistics on their record. You can't do it with something like the Brooklyn Dodgers of 55 because they became the Los Angeles Dodgers. But from 58 on, you can get Dodgers records by asking for the Dodgers. So it doesn't work for if the name ever changed. But anyway, the Red Sox were 75 and 51, which means that makes total sense. They played 126 games. They used to play 154 games. Therefore, they cut the season by a month. They knew this was coming. Uh, they were probably wanted fans in the stands, and didn't we, want to do social distancing. So they, they did have the did World Series. This last, this, yeah, we talked about this part of it last week. Right, and they, they played the Cubs. And then uh, – and then uh, the one thing that we didn't know about was the mar- marathon. They said that when we didn't have the marathon Monday, it was the first time in 124 years it had not been held on whatever was Patriots Day in that year. But that means they did do it in 18 and 19. So there you go. Uh, let's see. And uh, let's see. We have Monday the 20th. Uh, Monday is. the 20th. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Sean found out that they only played 140 baseball games. Well, in, we'll uh, get to that. We'll get to that. We'll on, get to that. On, on the 20th, on they my, opened on the 23rd. But on the 20th, I know I am. But uh, I'm just finishing that. And you yeah. can look at it as a jump or a finish. Okay. On the, on, <laughs> on the 20th, uh, we have two parks open, Fenway Park and uh, against the Highlanders. We mentioned that there was a game against uh, Harvard, and uh, that was an exhibition game, but they played their first game, and, of course, they played a game against the Yankees exactly 100 years later uh, in uh, 2012. Uh, And then then uh, Tiger Stadium, but it wasn't Tiger Stadium. It had two names before it was Tiger Stadium. It was Maven Field, Maven being a fan of something, and then Briggs Stadium, who were the owners. It became Tiger Stadium in the early 60s. I don't know exactly what year, but 62, 63, something like that. Say who they played, though. I no, that out. it was probably the, probably played. the White Sox because the White Sox always showed up at these things. Um, and then 1916 Wheatland Park opened, which is I think it's Waveland, Field. right? Probably for Waveland Wait, Avenue. No, Wheatland. But was it Waveland? No, Waveland. It was Waveland. Probably was Waveland, Waveland, Waveland where the street is. Yeah, yeah, Waveland. And then it became Avenue, Waveland and they, Park. They played the Reds. Yep. Okay. So. In '86. Michael got his 63 points we were talking about. That was that Sunday the, the 20th at one of the uh, 3.30 playoff games you would see on CBS TV. Michael got his 63 points, but the Celtics won that game in overtime, as Sean said. In 96, uh, the, the Bulls won their 72nd Wonderful. game, which was the record until the Warriors uh, broke it a couple years ago. Yep. And let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, I think that's it for that. Do you got any more for that day, uh, Sean? That's it for that year. Uh, let me right. see, the 1947 was... Okay. Yeah. Okay. On the 21st, then we have something that Sean didn't have, and he wouldn't have known about this. Rosie Ruiz. Does anybody know that name? Uh, Yes. Yes. Rosie Ruiz faked winning the the women's division had not had just started in the marathon, and she faked winning it. She took the subway down to where the hills flattened out and came running in, and they didn't have a good system for nowadays. People have chips, and they have numbers, and they have all these things. Everybody knows where everybody is on the course, and they can do all that. In those days, she just ran in, and she beat all these contenders, and these people were saying, where the heck did she come from? Who is she? They never heard of her. Well, about three days later, they figured out that she wasn't uh, didn't run the whole race, and uh, so she was discredited. But Rosie Ruiz faked winning the Boston Marathon in 1980 on the 21st of uh, April. And let's in '44, Art Rooney. We had uh, Art Rooney and the Bidwell family organized the uh, Charles Bidwell and Char- Charlie Bidwell organized the 
uh, card pit team. And they lasted one year. They went 0-10, and then they went back. And they did it for the war to save save money. They went 0-10, so the next year, the war was getting over, so they went back to... Yeah, they had done one with the Eagles too. I've I've heard of the, the Pittsburgh and Philadelphia Steagles. They played uh, when you know did it with those guys for a year or two as well. Because the Roonies didn't have much money, you know, uh, they they really didn't. And uh, you know, it took. That's why people in the NFL circles were very happy when the Steelers started to win because they said they were really great owners, did the best they could, just never had the money, and uh, finally uh, they started to win championships in the seventies. Uh, okay, in 51, we had the second NBA championship won by the Rochester Royals over the New York Knicks, four games to three, which which means that the NBA, the West, remember, Rochester was in the West because they were Western New York. So your East was a Boston, New York, Philadelphia, and Syracuse, and the West was Rochester, you know, and whatever. You had the Tri-Cities or wherever the Hawks were, Fort and then Wayne you had Pistons. Fort Wayne and, and Minneapolis. So they were actually in the Western Division. So the first, like, five years of the NBA, uh, the Western Division won it all the time. You know, it would be the latest of that one. Rochester Royal. is now, they are now the Sacramento Kings. Correct. Yeah, and they were correct. then the Cincinnati Royals after that. Yep. And, and, uh, and, and the then Omaha the Kings. Kansas and then the City. And, Kansas yeah. Kings yeah. And, then and we had two 13 and 13-0 teams, one of which won their division, one of which didn't. The 82 Braves went 13-0, and and the and the 87 Milwaukee Brewers went 13-0. and The Braves won their division and went on to play the Cardinals in the in the NL uh, championship series Milwaukee did not uh, they actually didn't even finish first or second that came down to and, the Blue Jays and the Tigers so uh, they and kind those of are still National League and American League records I believe that's right okay so that was kind of funny oh one at uh, Atlanta picked Michael uh, I'm sorry, yeah Michael the, Vick number yeah, one Michael overall. Vick for first number one pick we have some number one picks uh, coming up here and then uh, Eddie Murray uh, was the first guy 1994, to, 1994 to hit a, a 11, 11 home runs, uh, 11 games with switch home runs from the, both sides of the plate, from the left and the right. No. It's amazing Mickey Mantle didn't do that with all the home runs he hit, but Eddie Murray had plenty of home runs too, and he did yep. he did it. So let's see, and then I think that was it for that day. That's it on in, Tuesday, on the, the yeah. 21st. 22nd in 47, Philadelphia beat Chicago four games to three to win the NBA title. Now, yeah. these are the Chicago Tigers. No, no, that's the Basketball Association of America title. Right, which yeah, Basketball that Association league in the NBA, the, yeah. That league in the NBA merged to become uh, yeah. that league in the National Basketball League in the 49 yeah. 50 season became the NBA. So it was the second to the last Basketball Association. That was the Chicago Stag, the Philadelphia so It took four times for basketball to make it in Chicago in the pro ranks because you had the Chicago Stag, which were liquidated. That's where Bob Cousy came to the Celtics through the Chicago Stags when they were liquidated. Uh, they, they because those they took the NBA teams took players from from that other league. Uh, and you know the ones that were going to survive and you know merge with the other teams that came in, so sort of like sort of like the ABA uh, later on. But there were three teams: the Chicago Stags. Then there was a team called the Chicago Packers in 1961 and 62 that went out of business. Not often you hear about pro teams going out totally out of business. The Chicago Zephyrs in 1962 and 63 who moved and became the Baltimore Bullets the next year didn't stay. Finally, the Chicago Bulls in the 66-67 uh, season, I think it was, came into existence yeah. and they stayed. So it took four times for the city of Chicago to finally have a basketball team stick. So kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay, in 55, the Kansas City A's opened uh, in Kansas City for the first time, mm-hmm. a home opener. KC beat Detroit. In 66, Atlanta had their home opener. 
Uh, I don't think we know who they beat. No, we don't they, know who they beat. I yeah. didn't. I didn't find. Yeah, that was that was their first game as the Atlanta Braves. They'd they'd moved from Milwaukee. That's right. Well, their first game. Uh, no, they'd have been on the road, but that was their okay. home opener anyway. Yeah, in right. fourteen, Babe Ruth debuted. Uh, with the Baltimore Orioles, the minor league team in the International League at that time, and of course was sold to the Red Sox a year or so later and came into the major leagues. And then in, uh, what, what do we have? 90, the wonderful Jeff George was the number one Jeff pick. George. Boy, that, that went real well. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, that, was, that was a draft bust. <laughs> yep, sure was. 95, Kajana Carter, number one pick. Uh, another another, another, another draft bust. Yeah. And then also, we had the Tom Seaver strikeout game on uh, April 22nd, first Earth Day. April yep. 22nd, 1970, Tom Seaver struck out 19 San Diego Padres at Shea Stadium on, in an right. afternoon game on Earth Day. So that was kind of cool. And uh, so that was it for that day. We're almost done with the 23rd. We had, uh, one I have is Toronto. See, I don't remember all the Stanley Cups. I put in the ones I remember because uh, they're not really talking about them in Texas because, you know, what do they care about the Stanley Cups? Well, no, they'll they put only... they put some Stanley Cups they in. They put some they in, but they haven't had. So this one I remember, Toronto beat Detroit uh, four games to three in 1964 on the 23rd. I remember that. And then uh, so, that, so that was that. In 19, uh, the opening 39. day, what was that? 1939, I think. 1939, okay. Opening day for Ted Williams. Oh, for Ted Williams, yes. Uh, First home run, I think that's what it was. Yeah, first home run for Ted Williams. And then 1950 was the very first NBA championship. Yep, Minnesota beat Uh, Syracuse. Minneapolis beat Syracuse four games to two. Again, the Lakers uh, dominated early. George Mikan and all those guys. Uh-huh. Syracuse is now the LA. Uh, no, they're the, uh, they're the Sixers. Yep. 54, Hank Aaron's uh, first home run. Right. And I think that was off uh, Vic Rashi, if I remember, who uh, pitched for the Card- uh, for the Yankees, who was pitching for the Cardinals then. 89 was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's last regular season game. That is correct, yep. And then I don't know if he even made the playoffs uh, that year, so maybe he didn't. Uh, I believe the Lakers did, if I'm not mistaken. The Lakers okay. did. But yeah, yeah, the Lakers did because that was yeah they did. They, That's right. they were in the Detroit. finals against Detroit as a matter of fact. That's right. Yeah, yep. that was Detroit. Detroit. He, did play, he did play, but that was his last regular season game. Right. And then also, of course, 1989. This is the fun one. You gotta love draft speculation, and I had to put this in because normally yeah. we just haven't been given the number one pick, but four of the top five were Hall of Famers in 1989. Trey number one, of course, the Cowboys. Derek Thomas, Barry, and Deion Sanders. See, I said Barry this time. I almost said another Sanders. Yeah, yeah, right. Very but, good. but the but the one picked at number two, Tony Mandridge and good old Joe Seisman, Joe Seisman, of course. Yeah. Yes. He and this is probably why he's not analyzing much anymore. He said Tony Mandridge was the steal of the draft. Troy Aikman was going to be a bust. And now, no. of course, it turned out to be the exact opposite. Troy, Troy Aikman went on to win Super Bowls and go to the Hall of Fame. Mandridge was a bust. Yep. yep. Okay. And all, I mean, four Hall of Famers in the top five. How, that yep. doesn't happen that often. Um, you know, and then, of course, 2005, Alex Smith picked number one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the 24th of April in 45, uh, Happy Chandler became the second baseball commissioner. He was also later governor of Kentucky. And, uh, and he, he was, was a response. Yeah, yeah, he was a moderate southern, southern moderate southerner and responsible. Uh, agreed with uh, Branch Rickey to give uh, a chance to Jackie Robin, Roberts, Robinson, 
uh, and coming into the baseball. And, you know, the thing is, uh, they had him on, I heard him a few times on Calling All Sports, Upton Bell and Bob Lobel had him on, and he was very smart, and they still very sharp in the 70s, and heard him on uh, Meet the Press interviews a couple of times that I've heard on this station that broadcasts such things, and he, he was. He was a moderate governor and a, a cool guy. He was very, very cool. It never would have happened without the support of the commissioner, that's for sure. He right. was commissioner for 45 through 50. And then in 63, the uh, Celtics beat the Lakers four games to two, and uh, and I got to tell a quick story about this. This is a personal story. The color man on those games, and he didn't travel with the team. They used to have a setup where Johnny Most would go out there, and then if there was a problem with the line or whatever, this, the other guy would talk. And of course, he did home games as a color man. John Bassett. He was the color man, and he. Uh, this was Bob Cousy's last game in 1963, and of course they beat the Lakers in Los Angeles. And of course, I couldn't hear the game because I, you know, I was a kid. I was asleep and all this. So my father sold cars at the time, and he had sold a car to John Bassett in 62, who gave me a bunch of records. But in 63, he sold him another car, and he gave me a tape of that game that I probably still have the reel here in the house that I don't have anything to play it on. But he gave me the tape of that game. So Bob Cousy got a copy, and I got a copy. So that was pretty cool. Okay. So. You know, and actually he came out of character when they won it. And they, he did a, a Dodge commercial like he was supposed to right after the game. And he said, and we won. He was in the studio. Nobody ever says stuff like that. But uh, there was no post-game show because Johnny Most was by himself in the booth. They didn't go to the locker room, didn't have, you know, this is the old days. But at least I got the tape and that was good. In 67, Philadelphia beat the uh, San Francisco Warriors four games to two, the 76ers. This was that great team that won, uh, I think, 68 games. And, yeah, and, they were, uh, I think they were 68 and 13 or 14. Yes, they were 13, and they, 14, were, yeah. they, they, were, they, were, uh, they beat the Celtics. The Celtics had won 60, came in, was eight games ahead of the Celtics. And, of course, they had beaten the Celtics earlier that season four games to one. And that was the first time the Celtics hadn't been to the finals since 1956. They'd been 57 through 66, you know, and all those yeah, finals. Yeah, yeah. Into the eight game winning streak. Yeah. Right. Eight, eight yeah. game, and that's right. And then uh, in 88, uh, Andre Bruce was the number one pick for Atlanta. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very kind of forgettable. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Big then Daddy, Big Daddy Wilkerson, Wilkerson in 1994 for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Boy, then, we, we, we can see why the Bengals have been bad all these years. 94, well, 95, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. 04, Eli Manning was number one and, of course, quickly traded to the Giants. Yep. Uh, the New York football giants. And, and we uh, all, and we all know how that turned out. That you turned know? out just fine. It worked out fine. The, Padres, yep. the Chargers did okay, and so did so did he. So. Yep. And yep. Montreal, in the for a Stanley Cup, Montreal beat Chicago. Uh, they beat them pretty uh, – it was in seven games, but I think they beat them pretty easily that Saturday night on the 24th mm-hmm. of April in 1965. And then we have two more – all I've got is two more Celtic championships on the 25th and 26th. For 425-65, the Celtics beat the Lakers four games to one, and they scored 20 points in a row. There's a the, on the Havlicek stole the ball record. They then play high, the whole uh, like end of the third quarter, into the fourth quarter, where they get 20 points in a row, go from a 16 point lead to a 36 point lead in game five, and then you know coasted to the victory, and uh, and so they won that one, and that was in 65. So that was when they had started their streak again. So what was that? The uh, nine. Uh, seventh in a row at that point. And yeah, then, we're number seven. And in 426 today, and it was um, on, on a Sunday night, as it is here, uh, the Celtics beat the Warriors four games to one here at the Garden. And that shows you that the NBA uh, national television Sunday package must have started 64-65 because the, 
the championship game uh, that they won in 65 was a day game, and the night, there was a night game locally televised in 64. So there were sporadic national television appearances of the NBA during the finals and stuff. But I think their first real contract was with ABC started in 64, 65, when you started to get the Sunday games all the time. So, uh, yep. at the, you know, and uh, one o'clock Eastern or whatever. And they used to do a weird thing. They would start the game at like 1255 because they didn't want to screw up American sportsmen because a lot of affiliates didn't take the basketball. So they wanted to make sure American sportsmen started at four o'clock or whatever, 330, whenever we're supposed to start with Kurt Gowdy. So they'd start the games and the national TV audience would come in three or four minutes into the first quarter. I mean, they did that for two or three years. It was really strange. But anyway, that's all I got on uh, history. That's all we have. I think on the history, yeah. Uh, Anything else we need to do, Perry? I think we've got it. So, Sean, why don't you give us the numbers? All right. Well, if you want to leave us a message, like I said, anytime. And and by the way, those of you listening on the podcast, I forgot to mention this earlier, uh, we are here every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Those of you that ask, when are you guys live? In case we want to listen live, hey, that's when we are here, those of you listening on the podcast. And thanks and to Jay and Marty for calling in tonight. Yeah. Good to yeah. hear. And we want more first-time callers. Yes, we do. More, yeah. first time callers. Yes, we do. Yeah. more yeah. new callers. Yes, we yeah. do. Yeah, we do. And, of course, 800-693-0595, option number two, is to leave us a message over there. Uh, hey, we want a first-time voicemail, too. Our yes, first voicemail, I should say. Yep. And yep. and those of you that are listening live or, you know, you, you, know, you can listen to the podcast, downloading it by type, by going to... Uh, com, or having it delivered directly to you in your device by just typing in Sports Lounge Live, three words. Do that for Sports Lounge Live, do it for All Things Radio, or Coffee Club, you do Wednesday Coffee, or uh, 773-572-3006. Option number nine is Sports Lounge Live. Option eight, All Things Radio. Option seven, the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Option six is Tuesday Twin Spin Twin Spin Tuesday. Option That's five right. is Country Gold Show. Option four Country Gospel. Option three, I think there's going to be some old time radio coming up there. And then option one is Indiana School for the Blind. And option two is a podcast from the Indiana School for the Blind. The legendary Bernie is a guest speaker on that one. So check that out. And we would love to see you all come on back next week. We will we'll let you know all the latest rescheduling rumors and yes. all that stuff. We on will the, probably have a shorter Vegas show plan. because we won't have any actual sports to cover because there's you know a few signings, a few of trades, I'm sure. But there was yeah. this time we had the draft to run down, so that's why we had a, a, a one of oh. our longer shows. But I and mean, we had all those deaths. I hope we have fewer of them next week too. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah and we'll have we'll have some trades, and we'll get in a little more to Michael Jordan and all that next yep. week too. We can talk a little more on that. Plus. You'll you'll start seeing some post draft trades and a few things that, like I said, we'll we'll let you know all the latest rumors because I'm sure baseball will have two or three more rumors come out in the oh, next so week of what's going to happen. Yeah. So. Yep. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you next week.